Hello ninjas and ninjas and welcome to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim, I run Exposure Ninja, which is a digital agency based in the UK. And this show is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales through your website. Now in this episode, I'm joined by Shweta Jahadria, which I've probably pronounced hideously, so I'm really sorry, Shweta. Anyway, Shweta is the ex-marketing manager, global marketing manager of Unilever, and she's now working at the London Coaching Group, where she works with small and medium-sized businesses. And the thing that we're discussing today is how to create and market to your ideal marketing avatar. So the profile of the people that we're selling to or we're marketing to is really important, whether it's looking at which ad channels we're gonna be using, whether it's looking at the copy that we're gonna be using on our website, what we say in our email marketing, all of this is governed by the marketing avatar that we have. So Shweta takes us through her process of identifying what your top marketing avatar should be, and then talks us through exactly how we make sure that our marketing is a direct hit with that type of person. Now, you're probably going to want to check out the show notes for this episode because we've actually uh, put together some notes and Shweta sent over some questions that you can ask to identify what your what your marketing avatar is. So to find those show notes, go over to ExposureNinja.com forward slash podcast. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash podcast and you'll see the show notes there. Anyway, without further ado, enjoy the show. Well, Shweta, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim. For those who don't know you, perhaps you could give a quick intro into who you are and what you're up to. Okay, so what I do is I am the principal coach and founder of London Coaching Group, which is an action coach company. And as we speak, we are world's uh, leading business coaching firm. And we work with SMEs, which is small, medium-sized businesses. And the whole objective is to improve the profitability of the businesses through sustainable systems and team management uh, ways of working. Before this, I was with Unilever, uh, again, one of the largest FMCG companies in the world. And my role was global marketing manager based out of Blackfriars office in London. And I have uh, done my MBA and I've studied economics. So right now we're based in Victoria. We have got our team and it's quite fun to work with some really cool business owners, helping them achieve what they really want to achieve and what they deserve to achieve. It must be fascinating taking lessons from the Unilever world and applying them on a coaching level to smaller businesses. That must be incredible. It's it's absolutely fantastic because again, as you can imagine, Tim, uh, in corporate world, you have a lot of structures and systems and templates to follow. There is a method wherein in small and medium-sized businesses, there's a lot of passion, there's a lot of energy, a lot of um, ad hoc ways of doing lots of trialing and you know, trying out different things. But sometimes the system, the method lacks, which can lead to a lot of reinvention, a lot of time wastage in good ways and sometimes in bad ways. So yeah, it's it's always good to apply those systems, take them to the SMEs and actually start getting results in a much faster way, in a much more sustainable way. One of the things that we're going to talk about today is is choosing your marketing avatar. And I'm guessing this was something that was really fundamental to, to your work at Unilever with the various brands that, that you're working with underneath that. Yes, absolutely. So uh, again, look, marketing is something fundamental to all the businesses who are out there to create value, to generate value for others and for themselves. And at the same time, you know, since the time I've moved on from Unilever, it's been now roughly nine years. And the way uh, marketing 
field is changing, the whole landscape is evolving. It's just mind boggling. It's You sometimes wonder, you know, which strategy one should go for. Uh, the next week you hear about the next thing. So it's just, uh, it's just crazy right now that the kind of innovativeness which one gets to see and therefore it can be very confusing for a business owner to actually decide uh, what to commit to and what not to commit to and therefore what I've seen in my experience is that people either are throwing money at marketing hoping something will stick or they're not doing enough at all nowhere close to it Uh, They're still relying on word of mouth, which I personally think is not really a strategy. It's still a very passive way, though a very powerful way if one approaches it in a proactive manner. So yes, marketing, again, looking at avatar, how to market, what's the best way. It's a very powerful subject and can get, you know, lots of returns for any business owner out there. So before we start breaking down exactly how a small business or a medium-sized business can, can start doing this. At somewhere like Unilever, I know you worked on on Noor, didn't you? And, and you were working on designing their avatar. So what's the process that a company like that would take to understand exactly who it's selling to? See, um, I think, again, because I know uh, someone listening to this podcast is a business owner of uh, SME or a marketing in charge, marketing head. So let me, when I'm talking about the lessons or how it's approached, Rather than talking about Unilever, if it's okay, Tim, I would talk about how it needs to be approached in in a small business context. And when I'm saying small, in my mind, I'm looking at 50 million size business because I actually don't like the word small business. I always say it's, it's you're either just a small business or you're a big business in training. It's not just the play of words. Actually, there's a huge distinction sitting in the mindset, how you're approaching your business, how you're approaching marketing, sales, every part of you know the business which is involved. So, okay, so let, let's just look at this. So what people think is that marketing is about reaching out to the target market, to the target audience. I need to reach out to many people. So the first thing that I would suggest that the listener does right now is to actually write down one to many and strike that off because this is a really big misconception. This is not marketing. Marketing is not one-to-many at all. What is marketing? It's actually one-to-one. So please write that down. It's one-to-one and in bracket many times. So what that means is that when a business is reaching out to its so-called marketplace, it's actually reaching out to this one person, which we like to call avatar, or the target person, that one person who the business would love to get many times again and again, because they are the ideal, this person is the ideal person for the business. Now, there are different factors which are involved as to what what is the criteria, what makes an avatar, an ideal avatar. But this is really important because again, what I've seen is one is the strategies They are trying to reach out to many people and therefore there is huge amount of diffusion and just throwing of resources. And the second is the way the content is created, the way the content speaks, actually it's speaking to no one because it's trying to speak to everyone. And that doesn't gel with someone who's reading that content. It has to speak to that one person. So again, I would strongly advise that go back, look at, first of all, saying, do I really have an avatar? Do I have my ideal customer or client that I would like to get many more of? That's the first thing. Then have a look at your, you know, all the routes to market and the content and the communication style and really check. See, is this is this speaking to this one person or is this speaking to people out there, the so-called target market? Because it doesn't sit down well with anyone then. So that's the first step. 
And then, of course, we can talk more about, you know, how to choose the right avatar, the right person. What are some of the criteria? Of course. So I guess one of the reasons that people are maybe intimidated by this idea of just going one-to-one many times is that they're worried that they'll either switch off those who don't match this avatar, or they're worried that they haven't really identified the correct avatar in the first place. And they're about to create a message which really doesn't appeal to anybody at all. So how do you kind of take them through that process? Okay, let's first of all, if it's okay, Tim, let's talk about the criteria as to what makes a good avatar. Okay, so there is more certainty knowing that, yes, this is the right kind of person a business is going after. And then we can talk about, you know, how to test and measure. What's the best way to actually identify the avatar? Once we know at least what are the criteria, then how do you actually go after finding uh, that person? Is that is that okay? Yep, that sounds great. All right. So again, uh, I would suggest you write this down, the listener uh, of, this, of this podcast right now. Just write this down because it will make sense once you will go back and look at this. When you're um, thinking of your avatar, the first criteria that you have to think of is that, is this relevant? Is this really relevant? Does this person get the benefit or does this person solve some of his or her problem by using your product or service? That's commonsensical, but that's the first check. So for example, if you're trying to sell a petrol lawnmower, it doesn't make sense to reach out to the so-called target market of people who are interested in gardening and someone who's living in an apartment right? Because they might have their allotment or a very restricted space where they do gardening or have, have interest in plants. So that's it's just an example. It has to be relevant. That's the first. The second is the avatar that you choose. And I'm just giving you some really ideal criteria. You might not be able to fulfill all, but at least it's a good checklist. The second is that, is it easy to reach out uh, the decision maker? right? Is it easy? Or do you have to go through all kinds of gatekeeper? You know, these, these, this, this person is actually not very marketing sensitive. So again, identify saying, is this easy? Is this person easy to reach out to? That's a really good and important check. The third criteria I would say is the short sales cycle. If I've got a choice between two or three avatars, it's, it's a very powerful exercise to do as in rate each of these avatars on a scale of 10 and say, how would I rate this avatar for the length of the sales cycle, right? Because obviously we don't want three months, six months of sales cycle. Marketing gets the leads, but after that we have to convert. So again, how easy or how effective it is to convert this person as a client or a customer. Then you're looking at the fourth point, which is, and this is very powerful. For me, this is the top one, uh, one of the tops, uh, top, I would say. The fourth one is repeatability. What you want from your avatar is the repeat business. It's very hard work in, in you know, uh, a business where you get a customer and it's only one-time transaction. And then again, you have to go out there and hunt for another one. It is so painful. In your business, you want to get leverage, as in you do work once and you get benefits many times, more with less. So does your avatar have repeatability? That's really important, okay? The fifth criteria is, again, if you have to make a choice, say you could go after residential market or you could go after mid-sized commercial market, just as an example, and where should the marketing focus? Again, check what is the average pound value, as in what is the average spend value? Okay. Again, if a client or an avatar can give you, just as an example, 50 grand job, 50,000 pounds worth job versus a residential client gives you, say, you know, 5,000, of course, it makes a huge amount of difference because you have to convert 10 times more people. And, you know, believe it or not, Tim, it, it takes pretty similar efforts to convert 
a big client or a relatively small client. So again, just decide what kind of market size you want to go for. And therefore, what is the average bound value of the avatar that you're looking at? And the final one, which is another important factor, is what is the margin that you make on your avatar's spend? And again, going back to residential, commercial, the margins could could look very different. So look at the margin and therefore the absolute gross profit that the business is making from that avatar every time that avatar spends 100 pounds or whatever the value is. So these are the six criteria. Relevance, is it easy to reach out? The third is short sales cycle. Fourth, repeatability. The fifth one is average pound value. And the sixth one is margin. Now, It might sound a little technical at this point, but it might be worth researching this matrix. It's called ANSOF matrix, okay? Now, in ANSOF matrix, what you do is you basically prepare a grid. You have these six variables and you choose your avatar options because in your business, if it's an existing business, you already have different kind of clients or customers and you can segment within your business, whether it's you know, um, high-end market, then you have mid-size or the residential. Depending on what's the nature of the business, you can actually create different verticals or just different sectors. It could be like hospitals or buildings or, you know, uh, uh, estate agencies. Again, it depends on what's the nature of your business. So you create those verticals and then, which is basically your avatar, and then you rate each avatar on each variable on a scale of 10. And that gives you a very objective picture as to which is the most lucrative avatar to go after. That's the best way to start your process. Once you know that, yes, this is the vertical I want to go after, then we can talk about where to look for, as in, is it okay, Tim, for me to continue? Or do you do you have a question at this point? <laughs> yeah, I've just got one question um, leading through that. So when, when someone's uh-huh. gone through that process and they've, they've been scoring according to those criteria, is there a danger that they realize actually they have I guess, multiple target audiences. Does this mean that they've broken the, the system or does this mean that they are too scattered? What, what happens in that sort of situation? Okay. Yes, we don't have to kind of go crazy in terms of like overanalyzing the whole thing. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So there is this uh, property maintenance business that we are working with and a similar exercise that we recently did. Now they get a lot of their business from property management companies. So that was clearly one of the avatar that we identified one client saying property management. Then the client was very keen on actually getting into different sectors, right? So again, they get a lot of business from estate agencies and they can also get a lot of business from from hospitals, as I just gave an example earlier. Then they could also get a lot of uh, business from the educational institutes, right? So we identified four or five avatar. And again, these were different verticals that they could go after. And we started ranking. And earlier, the client thought that actually it's very, very attractive to get into hospitals and insurance uh, companies, because of course, you know, there is relevance in terms of what they do. But when we started scoring, we actually realized that the sector that they were in actually is the most lucrative sector. And the second sector, which came up as another interesting one, was actually the insurance companies, okay, which is the avatar sitting there, that one person who's looking very, very good, just purely on the scoring. And therefore, what I'm saying is the maximum number of verticals that one should look at, depending on the business, it could be from two to, say, eight maximum. Otherwise, it just becomes too much then. But then based on the scoring, it gives you pretty objective sensing, which are those two or three avatars that one needs to go for. And also, Tim, a business 
can have and generally has more than one avatar because people are generally targeting more than one sector or you know they have kind of segments within the same sector itself so having one to three avatar is very very common in the businesses but that's for each segment of the business does that make sense Yep, that makes perfect sense. Okay, so we we have our avatars, we've been through this, and we might have one or we might have two, might have up to eight different avatars. How does this then impact our marketing? And and how do we find these guys? Absolutely. So now at this stage, when when I'm coaching clients on this and saying, okay, this is this is the way to identify the avatar, then I say, okay, fine, let's start profiling this avatar. How does this person look like? You know, if you were to get into this person's life for a day, what exactly is this person doing? This is where I see a lot of creativity coming in. So people sit down and they say, okay, fine. I think this person is a male. Uh, You know, maybe this person is this old uh, and maybe they have, you know, this kind of business and they start doing a lot of guesswork. And this is a time when I'm like, hold on, hold on. You need to just step back. Because for existing businesses, especially for existing businesses, you know, out there, your avatar is sitting right now in your database of existing clients who are working with you. What I mean by that is that if you were to just look at all your clients and put them in the descending order, literally, okay, and you go through each of these clients, you will realize that there, there are some clients sitting out there who are who love what you do, your services. They actually I absolutely appreciate what you're doing for them right now. You know, it was really fun to get them on board as a client. So in terms of short sales cycle, they responded to your marketing. Obviously, that's why, you know, you have them as a client and they they give you that repeat business. They are loyal. They give you repeat business. They spend good value. They have good margin. They pay you on time, for example. That's another good criteria to include. And, and maybe they give you referrals as well. So again, the lifetime value of this client is really high for you. And when you go through, they're not necessarily the top spending client. They could be actually somewhere as your third or fifth or sixth client. And you you would love to go out with them and hang out, you know, because you you enjoy their company. They're good people to work with. Now, having a business hopefully gives you that much of choice to decide what kind of people you would want to do business with. Maybe not all the times, but at least you can start with that decision. So going through your client database and actually looking at these criteria and saying, actually, who's my avatar? You'll be surprised that you will be able to identify a person with the name saying, yeah, actually, it's John, Tom, Tim, whoever it is, uh, saying, yeah, this is this is my avatar. I would love to have many more of this person. So that's the first step for existing businesses. And I'm, I'm focusing right now on existing established businesses. And once that's done, Tim, then it's really, really profiling this person in as much detail as you can. What is the age of this person? You know, uh, is this person married? How many kids? What kind of business do they have? Who are their clients? Who are their suppliers? For example, in their free time, what do they like to do? Do they like to play golf? Do they go for squash? Do they go for tennis? What kind of magazines does this person read? What kind of social media presence do they have? And you know what? Sometimes clients come back and say, Shweta, I don't know exactly which magazines this person reads. You know, what do you think? I'm like, ask. Just take this person out for a nice meal coffee, whatever, hang out with them and actually tell them that I love working with you. I would love to get more of, you know, um, your kind of clients. And is it okay if I just ask you some questions so that I can fine tune my marketing or my, my approach as to how do I attract avatars like you? And the person from my experience and my client's experience, they absolutely love to help you. They would sit down with you and you can ask 
all the questions that you want to ask. In fact, we have a whole list of, you know, interview questions, simple, simple questions, which give you in-depth idea. And as you can imagine, Tim, once you know what channels they're consuming, what social media they're consuming, it's so much easier to identify which channels to go after. It's, it's just so powerful. I mean, what comes to my mind right now is um, one of my clients, he has um, third generation uh, garage based in Angel and really well-established, good-sized business sitting there. Um, and uh, again, most of the business came through just by being there. And he wanted to start activating some marketing. And we said, okay, fine, let's let's look at this. And because of so much of noise out there, let's do Twitter, let's do Facebook, let's do LinkedIn, all kinds of stuff, right? Right. Uh, so I said, okay, hold on, let's just go back. Let's look, do the whole avatar exercise. Who's your avatar? And he said, Shwada, my avatar is Margaret. I said, super, at least you know from your existing database. I said, tell me more about Margaret. She is uh, 58 years old and she has got two high-end luxury cars. She lives in a good house. Her kids are all settled. They are, you know, uh, kind of married and away. So she's on her own with her husband. Brilliant. Uh, and is she on Twitter, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn? Uh, no, not really. In fact, she's not even present on these mediums. Um, brilliant. So what does she consume? What what channel, what, what, what is she consuming in terms of medium? Oh, she reads uh, The Week and she reads Financial Times. Okay, super. So she's she's more of that kind of client which consumes that kind of you know medium. So then it just saves you so much of effort and so much of money because now you know how to reach out this person in the best possible manner. And that's the sharpness that we're talking about. Once you identify what is one strategy that's working for your avatar, then one has got unlimited marketing budget. And that's what we help our clients to generate, unlimited marketing budget. One pound you spend, you make more than one pound. And then it's just you know, unlimited. So I guess the other benefit, the obvious benefit of, of this avatar work is that when we're, when we're talking to Margaret, we're talking about the very things which matter most to her. And we're explaining things in, in her language, I guess. So as an SEO company, we often do this with keyword research. So looking at the sort of phrases that our customers are using, like how, how much of our business should we be funneling in and, and should we be looking through this filter of our avatars? I mean, this is this is fundamental to absolutely everything we do, right? <laughs> 100% Tim. And that's exactly what you do, right? So it's 100%. I mean, with the kind of, uh, you know, enhancements which are happening in the whole marketing world, the beauty is now we can go as niche as we want. We can go really niche. And you know that with the work that you do, with the whole long tails which are available there, we, we don't need this whole so-called marketplace. We just need the right kind of avatar. And you know what? Just multiply them with certain number. And that's it. The business can just grow year on year in a predictable way. So the whole approach has to be with that lens of saying, who do I want to work with? Who's my ideal client? And then let the whole content strategy, the marketing strategy have that sharpness because it will stick with that right person. And people who are interested, who like what you're talking about, will come to you. And will you upset some people? Will you disassociate some people as you were mentioning earlier? Of course, yes. And that's fantastic because being in the middle doesn't help anyone. You have to stand for for. Something for someone, standing for everything for everyone means you don't stand for anything. And that's not a cool place to be in. Not cool at all. What happens if if people 
I, I guess we have to be adaptable because our avatar might change over time or we might start wanting to add in new products which target a slightly different audience. So how do people navigate that? Totally. That's a great question there, Tim. Absolutely. What I suggest to clients and to business owners is that there is one simple analysis that a business owner needs to do along with his team, which is called (laughs) client spend analysis. Okay. And this should be done at least on a quarterly basis because you're so right. Things change and one should not miss out the possible opportunities of having a really attractive avatar in their portfolio. What I mean by that is that just have a simple discipline of analyzing all your clients in descending order and analyze the spend trend. Uh, Is it increasing? Is it decreasing? And especially for your 80-20, your top 20% clients who are contributing to 80% of your clients, generally speaking in business scenario, especially for those customers, you have to also analyze their margins, repeatability. And you will realize that actually, yes, avatar might shift after a year, after two years or three years, or sometimes even within a quarter. So one needs to be keeping an eye out for that and saying, okay, fine, once once you identify, then test and measure. You keep your existing avatar, but then you see what's how is it working? So it's all about testing and measuring, change the communication, and and it's identifying what kind of returns one is getting. And also, if there is a new product, then it's it's going back and saying, fine, if this is a product, check different pricings. You know what kind of repeat orders you're looking at. Who will be able to afford that? Uh, benchmarking in the marketplace, uh, but. Again, you know, you might say, okay, fine, these are the three or four avatars I think would work for this new product. And then there's a big mantra, at least in Unilever and with us, uh, you know, working is it's all about testing and measuring. And you can only test and measure when you know your numbers. If you have no idea about your numbers, then you might as well just tear that money and throw it somewhere. It's all about knowing how much am I putting in this marketing? What should be the return? So we can say this avatar is the right avatar. And a lot of people just just don't test and measure in the right way or enough. That's very, very true. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about this avatar thing and, and, and realizing actually quite a lot of the testing and identification of, of particular adverts that we'll do, say, in Facebook. So we'll run a Facebook ad campaign and when we do it, we'll use a few different images and we'll find typically that one of the images might bring leads at a quarter of the cost of another image. And mm-hmm. I, I guess that part of the reason is if we're using a particular person in that image rather exactly. than, a, you know, a, a, a more abstract picture like the book that it's actually selling or whatever, what we're really doing there is we're identifying with that avatar. And once we have the lock, we have an exact match with that avatar, the advertising becomes better value and it yields a, a higher return. So I, I guess a lot of the stuff around ad testing and Facebook ads and all of that is actually, it's avatar stuff, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll give you an example of this, uh, you know, Tim, uh, there's this, actually it's UK's leading uh, school performance um, incentive business. It's a, you know, merit stickers and awards kind of company that we're working with. And it's a, it's a very well-established company and they're working with digital agency. 
Okay. So now, and again, uh, you have so many companies out there who claim they know what they're talking about. So, um, and, and it's a good agency, but again, you know, these things, they get missed out sometimes. So anyways, we were, we, we I, I started working with a client and I started reviewing. I said, I want to see what this agency is doing. Show me, show me some of their stats and numbers and everything. And it's interesting. The, the Google ad was created around, of course, you know, promoting certain products, certain items, and in a very offer way. Okay. So this is a deal. This is happening and you can save so much and da, 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 da. And then, um, and of course, the results were not coming to the to the level they should. So I started questioning. I said, "Okay, so tell me, tell me exactly what, who's the avatar? Who who's this ad speaking to?" And he said, "Well, this is uh, this is speaking to someone in a school um, who has got a certain budget and knows exactly what needs to be bought in terms of badges and stickers and you know th- those bits. And they, this this person is generally given a list, and that's it. They have to just go through that list and spend that money." So I said, okay, so this person is not so much kind of like offer driven or save so much, or, you know, you can actually buy so much and then you can get so many items free. And he was like, no, not really. Actually, they don't even have authority to do that. Now just think about it, Tim. And if that's that's the bulk of my decision maker sitting, then who's this, this Google ad is speaking to who? To the wrong person, surely, right? And as you so rightly said, sometimes just tweaking things slightly, it's not rocket science, but as soon as you change your messaging to the person who you're speaking with, things just fall in place because now they are listening. Now they're paying attention. So absolutely. That's that's really, really interesting. This has been a fascinating insight into deriving our customer avatar. Where where can people find out a bit more about you and, uh, and follow you on social? Yeah, sure. Uh, So we, our website is londoncoachinggroup.com. Uh, and you can go there and there are lots of resources which are sitting there. And I would strongly urge that make use of that. We also have our blogs. So if you just kind of opt in, look at the lead magnet, which is there, see what's useful, then we can be in touch with you. And again, if you were to just uh, saying it with absolute humility, but just type in the name, you will get enough information around us. So I would suggest go to the website, londoncoachinggroup.com, and you will find many useful tools and resources over there and can find out more about us. Perfect. And I speak from experience, the action coach uh, marketing model, um, or certainly as, as it was a few years ago, is, is really, really useful, isn't it? I think there's a the, the, the pyramid, I think, where you identify the, the break points um, at each level. Yeah, I found, found that really, really useful. So definitely worth checking Absolutely. out. Tim, it's very useful. And again, irrespective of how the economy is doing or what sector business in, our clients, they get growth in double digits, irrespective of the size or economy or sector. So this works. And there is a method, there is an approach, there is a system. And just the way you have approach, you know, when you're going about the ads and digital side of things, these things work. It's just about having faith and running those laps and results show. Exactly. It's not saying that everybody is the same. It's saying that taking the same approach and looking in the same areas if you work of course that, you always yield a positive result exactly fantastic this has been really really interesting thank you so much Fessa, for joining us and thank you everybody for tuning in thank you tim for having me take care